0: over the next hour you will be a witness and companion what to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony Are welcome to Song of the soul.
1: your heart love will find you Truth will unbind you seek out a song of the soul and and we'll sing this song.
0: today for Song of the Soul we'll be visiting with singer songwriter and biologist Tracy Feldman, I ran into Tracy at a completely auspicious spot to connect with good people and with good music as well, a weekend put on by the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, that's MREA for short, at their annual MREA Clean Energy and Sustainable Living Fair in Custer, Wisconsin. Tracy fits in musically and in terms of the life he lives with the energy fair setting but you'll get to know why I say that and to know him and his music a lot better as Tracy Feldman joins us now by phone from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Tracy, welcome to Song of the Soul.
2: Hello, Mark. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Are you teaching courses during the summer, or do you have that off?
2: I'm not teaching courses during the summer, but I am doing research. I'm doing some field research, and a student is helping me out as an assistant
0: and that research at the Department of Biology at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. What's your specialty there?
2: Ecology, I study populations, so groups of organisms of one species, and whether they grow or shrink and why they might grow or shrink. Right now I'm studying a rare plant species that occurs only in Wisconsin called facet local weed. It only grows on lake shores and only on about eight of them and only in Wisconsin. It's fun work and challenging, definitely.
0: How long have you been with W. Stevens Point?
2: Since August of 2008.
0: So you're a relatively uh, newcomer to Wisconsin. Where'd you live before? Give me a brief history overview of your life.
2: I was born in the Philadelphia area, and then when I was starting high school, my parents moved to Connecticut around the Bridgeport area, a town called Trumbull. Then my parents moved to Florida, actually, to live when I when I started college in New York. So I lived with them a little bit during some summers and then went to did my master's work there eventually but i took a year off i lived a bunch of different places between college and my graduate work i lived in western washington eastern washington costa rica i lived a bunch of different places and then did my master's work in the university of florida Um, went for a phd at, at duke university in north carolina And that's where I met my wife. And then I did a postdoc in southern Oklahoma, near Dallas, kind of, but in Oklahoma. And then went to UWSP from there. So I've been a bunch of places.
0: I hope you're appreciating this northern Midwest climate. Is winter pleasing to you?
2: It depends. I don't like prolonged periods of cold or extreme cold, but... There are aspects of the cold weather that have been really cool. My wife and I, before we had our kids, we learned periodically we would go cross-country skiing, which is something we had never done before moving here, so that was great. I'm also a birder, so I'm really interested in the species that come down when it gets cold, that come down from much further north.
0: And what about your history with music? Clearly, listening to your guitar and to the songs you've written, you've got an overflowing passion for music, how far back does that go for you?
2: Before I was five years old, I was shown a violin. My grandfather used to play violin, and I was told that he used to play and asked if I wanted to play someday, and I said yes. And so I started. I picked up the violin and started learning using the Suzuki method, actually, so classical training, and my, mom, my parents made me play violin for about a year, and I wanted to quit during that year, and they said, if at the end of the year you want to quit, you can quit. And, of course, I didn't want to quit by the end of the year. Uh, After that, it it sort of stuck, and I played violin for a long time. Around high school, I started to play air guitar quite a lot, and I really liked rock music by then, especially progressive rock, so old Genesis, old Yes, um, that kind of thing. And I decided, well, maybe it's about time I stopped playing air guitar and started playing real guitar, and that was around my senior year of high school. So I didn't actually start picking up guitar until then. A few people have taught me a few things along the way. Friends have taught me chords and patterns to different songs along the way. But for the most part, I teach myself by listening and imitating what I hear and then writing my own songs that use the techniques and skills that I've learned from doing that.
0: You know, when I went for the first time to your website, tracysfeldman.com, when I got there, the first choice was between your music and your academic life how bifurcated are you? I, I mean, you. really, is there half of you that wants to be out performing on tour and the other half wants to be doing some biological research and birding?
2: I love natural history and I love music. It's, there's two things that are parts of myself. As far as the academic life, that is my professional life. So it really is separate from, I mean, the passions that drove me to that field. I'm are, are really a passion about natural history and ecology. But At the same time, music is also really important to me. And I can't say I haven't contemplated becoming a touring musician. It's just, I'm not sure I'd like the the travel. I don't know if I'd like being on the road all the time. If I want to play my own music, then that might be the way to go. And, And that's a hard way to go. I'm not, you know, I think it's great if people can do it. I'm not sure I'm conflicted about whether I'm ready for that.
0: And I assume it would be all the harder with your newborn daughter. I mean... Every day with a one-year-old, you see them change and blossom and become the person they're growing into. So it would be so hard to miss even 24 hours.
2: Sure, and that is a big deal, and that's something that definitely keeps me rooted to one place. And if I'm rooted to one place, the way to make it with music, at least the way I've seen other people do it really well, is by diversifying so, you know, being in like three or four bands and teaching music and being a session musician and you know, doing all of those things in combination, I'm not ready for that either yet.
0: And given where you live in Wisconsin, if you're going to be that kind of diverse musician, you also have to know how to play polkas. How good are you at polkas?
2: <laughs> uh, that's right, and I, I, I don't. Um, yes. Yeah, I I have a friend who, in response to a challenge issued by another songwriter, he wrote a polka, (laughs) it was kind of an irreverent one, but um, yeah, but I haven't.
0: Well, let's have a taste of your music. What do you want to start out with, Tracy?
2: I almost feel like I should start with Out of Left Field, actually, because you asked about my life path as far as where I've been and and some of the things that have shaped me up up to that point. I wrote Out of Left Field almost as a, I don't know, this is my life so far. And at the time, I had just met my wife, to be and we were beginning to date seriously, and I was really excited about meeting her and, and that new direction the path was taking. And so I wrote Out of Left Field as a sort of summation of this is the baggage that or rather these are the experiences that have shaped who I am up to this point and for better or for worse have left me who I am and in addition that this is how this new person is fitting into my life right now in a really cool way.
0: The song is Out of Left Field. It's by Tracy S. Feldman. Here today for Song of the Soul.
1: When I was young my parents made me play Little League The kids would always put me in left field field where I could look at changing clouds around my head or at shining dandelions at my heels I used to pray the ball would never come in my direction but if it had I never would have known I'd look down the My team had magically changed into the other team So I knew I had to go When I was young, my family moved up to New England And a spreading wooded hill was my backyard Got lost in hardwoods overhead, brambles below Out of view of all the houses, streets and cars I pleaded with big bulldozers, men with blueprints in hand who Marched forward every time I turned my back One day I woke up and looked down at the forests I had known, and saw muddy tree stumps burned in asphalt black. When I was young, I'd search the fields for buds and flowers. I'd overstuff my pockets with rocks, and shells, and sand. Now I'm grown. My days are pockets. Fill up more than I intended but I always try to keep an open hand Sophia when we met I hope you dance in my direction if you had not I never would have known all the sweet signs of your affection I look Your eyes reflect a deep love of their own I lost the world sometimes, dreaming of the stars. Now my losses are the cosmic dust that burns into the dome, shedding light on us how we have come this far. Standing at your door, I watch my breath drifting away. Hold a branch where the winter sweet blooms. Thinking I've been lost in flowers for most of my life But lately I am also lost in you
0: Tracy S. Feldman, sharing his Song of the Soul today. His first song was Out of Left Field. And, Tracy, how personal is that for you? Because I think you must not actually have played baseball because it's right field, not left field. That's Siberia for the game.
2: Yeah, I know. It, it, <laughs> it was more of a, a poetic license, I guess. I've played all of the worst positions, I guess, probably more often I guess I've played some of probably left and right field. I don't know. I was always put in the most out of the way place that people could put me and, you know, I was one of those people who was the last one chosen for a team. I did play little league and I did at least a few times while playing baseball or softball and little league and or in grade school look up and find that the team had changed and I hadn't been paying attention and et cetera have left me out there. And
0: How many years were you sentenced to Little League?
2: Not too many. I mean, and my parents, they argue about that. They, they think, oh, they didn't really make me play Little League. But if I really begged them not to, let, not to have me play, I, I wouldn't have done it. I think I, I, a couple of years, a few years, not very many.
0: You said that you wrote that song as kind of an introduction maybe for your wife, kind of summarizing your past, the influences that got you to who you are coming into this new relationship. Did she appreciate it? Did she give you a song back, saying, "Well, okay, here's the package you're dealing with"?
2: <laughs> well, she doesn't write songs, but I mean, one of the things I appreciated most, of, and appreciate still most about her, is that she, we both tried to be really open about things and really honest about who we are and self-aware, and I think we both tried to give each other a really good picture of who we are through our stories when we first met. She essentially gave me her song. It's just it wasn't in standard song form, I guess.
0: Is she a musician as well?
2: No. Well she says she plays the radio and the player. She likes to sing, but she doesn't do it publicly.
0: But I understand from one of your songs, which I think you will not be sharing today, that there's a lot of singing going on as you're trying to put your daughter uh, to sleep, yes, yes, um, is, is this both of you singing or is it always just you? That's your job.
2: No, both of us sing. I mean, she'll put on recorded music sometimes, but also sing to herself. So she's, at least she's not shy about that. I'm really happy about that. I love to hear her sing. So it's, it's good. And I, and I think her our, our baby does too.
0: Let's have some more of your music so we can hear more about who you are, Tracy.
2: Since we've been talking about relationships coming into one's life. I guess Blaze is another song about relationships in some way, so we can listen to that one.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, Blaze is also from your CD, Surviving in the Burbs.
2: That's right. Both of those songs are on that album.
0: Then we'll listen to Blaze by Tracy Feldman.
1: You built this house to burn it up. The flames will make came to see you blaze again Beside these shining coals We played through shadow roads that brought us here Small group drawn to the light While glass wing flies dart round our eyes Like it's easy to take flight My dogs in the sky. I still hear them in my mind above these streets. Hold the embers of these times, shed light on friends I've left behind. We can ring this heat. And when winds blow on north, you'll dance away. For tonight. Please. feel this fire again If I wait, I know I will If I wait, I know I will. Fire is nothing but shooting stars Drifting up, not streaming
0: down Tracy Feldman is my guest today for Song of the Soul. The song you just heard was Blaze. I understand, Tracy, that that's about relationships coming into and out of our lives. Are you a pyromaniac? What's a connection with fire and burning up? What is that?
2: Bonfire in someone's backyard. It was just a memory of one night. I'd been through some tough times that I'll allude to in another song, but so had other people, other people who I was hanging out with at that time, and we all got together and played music by a bonfire. And I knew that one of the people, the person who hosted the bonfire was about to go out of town on, on her way, doing her own things. And so I was thinking about something that I've thought about a lot in the past. And that is, how, I knew that friendships stayed in and out of one's lives. People who are really important to you at one point in your life may be less important in another part of your life where they might still remain important, but you just might not be in touch with them. And so all those things are possible just sort of thinking about that, and, and it's been periodically during my life I've been coming to terms with that kind of things, and I'm not wanting friendships to be over, not wanting them to fade out in either sense, either either just not wanting them to go away. So I, I've, I've been a pretty good correspondent over the years. I've fallen off just more recently in my life, the connections that I've been able to build over the
0: years. How central are relationships to you and in what forms? I know, of course, that you've got this central connection to your wife and to your young daughter, but... Friendships, extended family, co-workers, old friends, etc. Some people value some of those relationships over others. For example, I come from a very large family with many siblings and cousins, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, loads of them. Yet, I seem to pick out my family, if you will, choose friends and connections that I relate to with an intensity that many reserve for only close blood kin.
2: I do too, to a degree. I mean... I'm in touch with my members of my immediate family probably most you know but I also feel like the kindred spirits we meet along the way our friends who are not technically family are also family essentially family in a in a way so I guess I've also chosen that family too and I'd like to include those in, in family as well
0: speaking of family And one part of family, for most people, is the community of support, which might be religious or spiritual. Do you have connections now, or did you grow up with connections in that realm?
2: I did. I do have connections in that realm. I was raised Jewish, and... My parents were really good about it. Actually, they they wanted to make sure I was comfortable with my religious upbringing all along the way. My dad would even ask me, "If you don't want to keep doing this, going to religious school or whatever, if you don't want to keep doing those things, you really don't have to. It's really okay." And that was kind of nice to hear, and I did want to continue until I was bar mitzvah. and then I, I don't know, I still hang out with practicing Jews whenever, periodically I I hang out with practicing Jews, and I practice some of the customs myself, and and I really enjoy Judaism as part of my life, but I I haven't gone to synagogue, and I, there are aspects that I haven't followed through with. But I do tend to have spiritual discussions and or human rights-related discussions these days as well which are, to my mind, also spiritual. One of the things I like about Judaism is that what you do is what you believe, or, or what, you, you you demonstrate what you believe by doing what you do. And so if you say you believe it, that doesn't carry as much weight as if you practice, if you do something to show you what you
0: believe. You know, I've observed with a number of religions. You said when you were bar mitzvah, that's more or less when you stop going to synagogue. I observed with my stepbrothers and sisters who were Lutheran, I was raised Catholic, that when they got confirmed, that's when they stopped going to church, except maybe a couple times a year. I think that there's something mixed up about a society that says, okay, I am officially Lutheran, so therefore I don't go to church anymore.
2: I don't have to do anything about it anymore. Yeah, I guess. I mean, although to my mind, I mean, if... I really don't know. There, there are all sorts of minds about it, and, and Judaism is definitely a religion that is certainly as much of a culture and a peoplehood as it is a spiritual ethical code and, and a system of spiritual practice. So I, I think, for me, I do so identify with myself as Jewish, but I kind of disagree, I guess. I think I think that my thoughts about religion are that it's a really personal thing, and that one has to follow the path that feels most comfortable. that, uh, And I don't think that one needs to, for instance, go to synagogue or a church to be spiritual, that spirituality could happen. Essentially, a forest could be a church, um, or a babbling brook could be a church service or a sermon. People may disagree, but uh, so this is kind of the way I think about it.
0: You know, I think part of my experience of that—I was raised Catholic, as I said— And one of the things you do if you're Catholic is you go to church every Sunday. So to be confirmed as a Catholic and then stop going to church would have been a denial of what I just said I believe. But I totally agree with you about religion spirit being found out there in the world. Actually, my belief is maybe even stronger than what you just said. If what you do is go between the walls and act out the rituals but don't live it out, in other words, if you only pay lip service to whatever it is, then I would say that that's a shame. But if you do live out what you believe, the values, whatever, regardless of whether you spend time between the walls, there's plenty of integrity in that, in my opinion, for what that's worth. But in any case, maybe it's time to move on from all this philosophy and get back to your music. How about sharing another song with us?
2: Yeah, talking about walls, I don't know. The walls of Jericho seems like potentially a place to go. It's not exactly spiritual, but it's... But it does touch on spirituality and human rights as well.
0: That will be good. We can share your song, Walls of Jericho, which I think is one of your newer songs. What led you to create this song?
2: Over the years, I've learned more and more about the situation between the Israeli government and Palestine, and it's a tangled, crazy issue, and there's a lot of different perspectives on it. But I I, I feel like, essentially... For me, after all of the analysis and thought about it, it really seems like it comes down to a land grab, the Israeli government's grabbing land from Palestinians under the justification that it was never their land anyway, and that's not really true. I mean, it's hard to say, depending on how far back you want to go and which time period you want to go, who has claims about that land, but certainly at the time that Israel was formed, there were Palestinians there, and they were both promised the land. So I think about that a lot, and I guess as part, as a Jew, I think about it too, because a lot of Jews are of the mind that we should stick with Israel, but I'd like to divorce the government of Israel from Judaism, because I don't think the government of Israel is acting according to the way I would want to act as a Jew, I guess. the same kind of thing as, as living out one's spiritual beliefs. I don't think that the Israeli government is doing that. Um, they're basically practicing apartheid, they're practicing systematic discrimination and torture and murder of another group of people, which seems to me to be pretty disingenuous considering all of the things that Jews have been through that are very similar over the years that have been pretty horrific. So I guess this, the song points this out in a way that is, I guess, makes connection a biblical passage that struck me as kind of strange after rereading it. That people celebrate the walls of Jericho tumbling down, and reading back, I'm not sure why.
0: The song is Walls of Jericho by Tracy Felton.
1: As so a boy, I played in fields at Valley Forge, freedom's battleground two centuries before. We looked out across the mighty Delaware. Ghosts of a tribe no longer there. Trails of tears, paths of sorrow worn so well. Moved or slaughtered to make room for someone else. My family suffered violence and pogroms. We're all haunted by. Just in but inside the walls of Jericho, no angel is singing, nowhere to go when the walls. The people crushed below who tried to stay. When the hordes of righteous fury had their day. Then rockets flared, then mass destruction in revenge no guns were spared D V called it justice in the Gaza Strip The broad more wounded people within starvation's grip outside the wall Trail of tears, the defeated go. After the walls came tumbling down, erased the history, nameless gravestones on the ground. From broken bricks, the ancient righteous trumpets blown, shatter peaceful.
0: of Jericho by Tracy Feldman, website tracysfeldman.com. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I'm very pleased to have Tracy with me here today for Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production available on our website, northernspiritradio.org including seven years of programs for listening and download, links to our guests and further info about them, the stations where we're broadcast, how to get our RSS feed, connect on iTunes, and much more. Please drop us a comment and help us make this a two-way conversation. And we always welcome and need your donations. Find all this and more at northernspiritradio.org. Again, Tracy Feldman is our guest for Song of the Soul today, sharing the music of his soul, of his passions, the music that has made him who he is. And that last song you shared, Tracy, Walls of Jericho, you talk about the situation in the Middle East, the tension and pains between Israelis and Palestinians, and, as you said, the land grab by Israel. In many ways, you're sharing this from the inside, being a Jew. Is this uncomfortable for you criticizing the Israeli government in the same way that I feel somewhat conflicted pointing out the faults of the U.S. government, for example, with its policies in Afghanistan and Iraq, when this is also the country I love? How does that feel to you in addressing the Middle East situation? Is that hard?
2: I guess I don't feel conflicted about making the statements that I make. I guess my parents raised me to believe that there were some good guys out there, you know, and that, and I guess I'm not sure if that's true or not, but at the same time, I don't think governments often act as, as good guys, <laughs> I guess, I've or at least really powerful ones. Our government and the government of Israel are pretty inextricably tied. We give lots of weapons, and most of our foreign aid is given to Israel. Most of the lion's share of what foreign aid we give to anywhere is given there. I, I don't know. I don't feel like there's much conflict, and I also... If I could ask, where's the source of discomfort for you with regarding the US military doing things in Afghanistan? Is it is it just that you don't want it to be done those things to be done in your name, or you don't want to believe that the US could do such a thing?
0: You know, when I was in the Peace Corps, I was in West Africa, a country called Togo, and at one point I was with a group of Peace Corps volunteers and we ran into some people who were at the same hotel we happened to be eating at these two men that we ran into were from Korea. And, of course, they'd been raised to think that U.S. was evil imperialist USA. Yeah. And at one point, in very broken English, one of the guys spoke to another person in our group. And he said, you from USA? And, yes, I'm from the United States. And then he conferred the other guy in Korean, so I didn't understand. And then he comes back and he says, you kill babies. <laughs> And and the guy who is just a gentle, sweet, wonderful guy says, I kill babies. You say that I kill babies. And he says, You American, you kill babies. And maybe that's part of what the issue is for me that even if I don't personally support, maybe I haven't opposed strongly enough. Yeah. Or maybe if I worked harder with more dedication, if I really stood by my beliefs, maybe I couldn't be part of the U.S. Maybe I would move down to Costa Rica, which doesn't have military. And, you know, there are other Quakers who did that in the early 1950s, sensing no way out of the military-industrial machine in the U.S.A. Basically, an entire Quaker community from Alabama, they picked up and moved to Costa Rica, forming a new military-free community there. So it's easy to be conflicted about our government, including our neighbors, who we love but disagree with, and what kinds of sacrifices that that disagreement may require of us.
2: I know, and I I am definitely conflicted about that aspect of things. And I think, well, where better to make changes than to make changes from the inside of group? You, I don't know though. I mean, I'm not sure if that really works. I mean, making changes easier said than done.
0: And you're obviously trying to make that kind of positive change with your music, certainly through themes like your songs about environmental issues but also other songs because when we do stuff to try and wrestle with the big questions of whatever's important to us, I think we help the world be a little bit better place so go ahead and help us be a little bit better by sharing a little bit more of your music for Song of the Soul
2: I guess where we should probably go given the way conversation is going is So Might Hill which sort of wrestles with these environmental issues and asks about, is there a clear solution, and what that solution might be, I guess, in a more philosophical way.
1: Many million years ago, when this part of Earth was green, these were the highest mountains that this land had ever seen, worn down by wind and water, the year's like a machine. Shades of history washed to nothing, down these creeks of travertine. Shackles Some people came in tears They came to land Most people had not wanted All these years To make a home of plenty In the midst of all their fears Until the next big wave Of eastern refugees Drew near I'm following this route Through the Arbuckle. Drove too far on these highways My home feeds like a coyote's cry In the chill People plowed in submission They tore the fertile ground But the ground gave way to dust clouds And the people nearly drowned The refugees took off again When the dust had come to rest, the black gold made its rumbling sounds. Oil barons made their fortunes, new towns and highways grew. But the oil bust came quickly, leaving mansions for the few. By seas of worker shacks, where companies left no work to do. These towns became like fossils. Clouds of fossil fuel. The refinery smoke still smolders in the skies. But I take refuge in birdsong and the trees on my Hill. I've been feeding the fires burning all my life behind me. for my And the pump jacks, not like dinosaurs, Bringing back their dead To haunt these howling highways Down which endless cars have spin Past road camps and casinos turning tapestries to threads Is it better if our stories will buy off the wind or if they're solid as the stone? The top of Bromide Hill. Maybe in the morning I can change the path. I but for now I've got a little time to kill. Some say the earth is endless, oil fields and fertile land. But this place was once an ocean that with time returned to sand. Some hear the future whisper in the switchgrass, in the wind. Can we learn secrets from this red dirt before we turn to dust again?
0: Tracy Feldman, his song, Bromide Hill, from his CD, Middle of the Road. Track it and Tracy down on his website, com or follow the link from my northernspiritradio.org. That song, Bromide Hill, is clearly about a number of environmental crises. And I was wondering about how well or poorly your profession as a biology professor at University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, how that dovetails with your sense of personal advocacy about the environment. Is it uncomfortable to be an advocate and maybe compromise the objectivity, which is so important to a scientist?
2: If the best data available to us tell us that our boat is sinking, do we remain objective and let the boat sink and die, or do we take action and try to keep the boat from sinking? If we find through further experimentation, et cetera, that it isn't sinking, it's just the boat next door to us throwing buckets of water into our boat, okay, then we deal with that. But at the same time, the best data available to us tell us things like that the climate is warming and that it is human-caused. And if the data tell us these things, being an activist doesn't seem in conflict with that at all. I'd like to remain on the earth, and I'd like my children and their children and their children to be able to live on the earth and enjoy it. And and so I don't see that as a conflict at all. When I teach, however, I try not to teach one particular point of view, but what I try to do is to let people know what the data tell us at this time, the the best of our knowledge at any given time with the understanding that science, you know, the evidence may lead to overturning some of these things that we hold as true now.
0: Have you actually run into conflicts about that as you're teaching biology?
2: Sure. There are people, you know, in some of my classes who probably disagree, and some of them make it clear that they disagree with the things that I teach, be it evolution or climate change. Those are the two biggest sources of conflict But at the same time, I try to make it clear that I'm not trying to convert anyone to a different point of view. I'm just trying to give the scientific perspective, and this is where biology stands on these points, and this is why. Here's why the evidence is in favor of these things. It's up to other people to look at all of the evidence that's out there, the evidence I'm giving them, as well as evidence they may find somewhere else, and weigh all of that evidence.
0: It sounds like you do it with integrity. I try. Well, try as we might, there's just no way to get in all the music and interview here that we'd like, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll continue my interview with you, Tracy, including two songs that we can't fit in right now, and I'll post those two songs as excerpts on the web. So listeners, go to northernspiritradio.org and listen to the excerpts for Lindbergh Street, and for Me and Cal. What I'll do right now is to give you all a taste of Me and Cal, enough to whet your appetite and to encourage you to listen on the web to the whole thing, including the amazing conclusion of the story and song. So head to northernspiritradio.org, find Tracy Feldman's Song of the Soul program, and look for the excerpts. Here's the start of Me and Cal, without the stunning conclusion. (laughs) Oh, and in case it doesn't jump out at you, Cal is a handgun.
1: Jeffrey Hill and his sniveling hordes practiced wrestling moves on me. Again, by the school willow trees, where no one could hear me scream. I'll always remember the taste of the grass and the dust. They tore off in their Mustangs with streaks of rust And I stumbled to catch the bus Me and Cal went down by the water that night After school again We played shoot-up the hooligans Cal was my only friend company CEO by now. It's like he lives in another town even when he's around
0: Hear the rest of Tracy Feldman's song A Me she and Cal as an excerpt with this program on northernspiritradio.org including the surprising and hopeful end of the tale and hopefully providing us also with insights into the origins of and cures for gun violence. And while you're on the site, also treat yourself to an additional interview and music of Tracy's song, Lindbergh Street. We've had a lot of wonderful music, and I can just hear the passion that comes through your guitar, your violin, your lyrics. And I really encourage people to visit your site, tracysfeldman.com and to get a full sampling of your music. You've got three or four CDs people can get via your website or follow links to get them. How can we conclude this exploration of your spirit and music, Tracy?
2: Well, we've spoken about and written about some pretty tough stuff, some pretty difficult issues. And I guess there's a song I like to end sets with sometimes and I like to think about it in this regard. and coming out of really hard times. I had a really terrible summer where a lot of really hard and awful things happened, including friends dying and just some awful things, getting in a car accident, etc. So for a while, I remembered just knowing that that this sense of being carefree was gone from me. I, I felt like I was living under a shadow for a while, and I one night after playing music with some people at a local coffee house, I was going home, and I, and I realized it was as if there was a, were a spring in my step for the first time in months. And I said, maybe I'm coming back to myself. Maybe I'm finding that sense of being carefree that I'd been missing for a long time. That was what led to me writing about coasting home. When you're coasting down a hill and you don't care how fast you're going or what's at the bottom.
0: Because, after all... What's at the bottom is home. And as we coast to the end of this hour, I'm very grateful for your music and for your sharing of your journey, Tracy. We've been speaking with Tracy Feldman, website tracysfeldman.com. Thanks very much, Tracy.
2: Thank you very much, Mark. I've really enjoyed being on the show.
0: And we'll close out our Song of the Soul interview with Tracy Feldman with a song from his Sea of Lucky Numbers CD, Coasting Home
1: there are no street lights out tonight no signs to show if i am lost in the miracle of pounding silence settling fog on forest giants Close my eyes, breathe deep the vines and moss Pay no heed to the imminent danger I will greet the shadow stranger Birdsong starts to echo through the valley's rising dome thought I'd started up this mountain on my own I am coasting home pulled myself out of the twisted wreck not knowing In the sky but the wind was breaking on the ground the earth was quaking on the water terrors of the tide If I pay no heed to the imminent danger If I greet The shadow stranger I've hit the walls Of a cage When I've flown Come to wonder If I'll always Crash and burn When I'm coasting home I still taste the sweet bittersweet goodbyes And threats of love are far and few between At times I feel the vacuum left around my bed and in my chest But better left unfilled by desperate dreams heed to the imminent danger I will greet the shadow stranger I'm losing my connection but she's answering the phone I still catch my breath and say hello I am coasting See life grow beyond its violence Close my eyes, breathe deep beyond the law And I pay no heed to the imminent danger I will greet the shadow stranger When I stand with resolve I'm not standing alone sailing forward, I am coasting home, I am coasting home, I am coasting home.